Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Today we're going to start a new sermon series that I really believe is going to be great, and it's called Habits. Now, back in 2020, before 2020 hit, uh, we talked about building some, some healthy habits into our lives, and then COVID hit, and everything kind of fell apart, right? And I know many of us have routines. How many of you are routine people? You like your routine, you know, you, you get up at the same time, you do the same things. Um, how many of you are just kind of, I just flow with whatever happens, people? Yeah, there's a lot. And usually, a habit person and a flow person get married. And it's disaster for a couple of months, and then you kind of get things figured out. But that's, that's usually how that works, right? And so I know that, that COVID kind of disrupted a lot of our habits. Um, I know when the, the Y closed, the gym closed, I was like, I didn't know what to do. Because that's been my habit every day for, you know, years. So I would get up in the morning and say, well, now what do I do? You know, I, um, and so we had, to, we had to find new ways. Some of you were so used to going to work every single day, and then your workplace closed. You had to work from home, and you thought... Huh, how does this work? Uh, and so we've had to adapt. And so now as things are, you know, it feels like things kind of go back to normal and then chaos happens again, right? And things go back to normal and then chaos happens again. So what we're going to do over these next couple of weeks is look at some ways to build healthy spiritual habits into our lives. Some ways to, to build things that will set us up for success. Because uh, the studies say that by February... 16th, 14th, Valentine's Day, 14th, I think, 14th. I should know this, 14th. But they say most of, by the middle of February, most people's New Year's resolutions have fallen away. Like 80% of those have fallen away. You know, and, and I know if you go to a gym, you know, like the very first three, four weeks, you can't find any equipment, you can't do anything, because all these new people show up in all their nice new workout clothes and their hair's all done, and, you know, they smell good and all that. And then by about the first week of February, you're back to the same smelly crew that's been there all the time, you know, because people just kind of like, oh, I don't want to do this. And so I want to talk about why this happens. Why do we forget? You know, and I know I'm one of those people, like, I'm going to eat healthy. You know, January, I'm going to eat healthy, broccoli and all that. And then by February, I have Twinkies in my pockets again. You know, all those things. We do that kind of stuff. So... How do we keep these habits? How do we do these? Well, a lot of times it's because we focus on the end and not on the process. We focus on the results we want. We don't look at how to actually do it. And we don't look at how to change ourselves. And so we're going to talk these next few weeks about ways to build godly habits into our lives to help us become the people we want. And this is based on a couple books. One's called The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg. One's uh, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Another one's Atomic Habits by James Clear. And then uh, Craig Rochelle has a lot of material on habits. So this is kind of based on some ideas that came from these things. Uh, if you want the names of those books, I can get them to you. Um, and so the first part of this message isn't going to sound real spiritual, but please stick with me because we'll get there, okay? Don't be like, oh, this is self-help. No, uh, we're going to get there. But if you have your Bibles, open them to Romans chapter 7. If you have the YouVersion app on your phones or your tablets, if you go to that events tab, and click on our church there. Uh, the notes are there as well. Romans chapter 7. 
We're going to start in verse 14, and we're going to see how many of us can identify with Paul here. So Paul's talking about God's law and and the reason that we had the law, the reason that we had the commandments. So in verse 14, he says, the trouble is not with the law, for the law is spiritual and good. The trouble is with who? Me. For I am all too human, a slave to sin. Now, pause a second. Who's writing this? Paul. What did Paul write? The majority of the New Testament, right? If there was ever a rock star of the faith, it was Paul. I mean, it was like Jesus Paul. I mean, Paul was incredible, right? And so Paul's saying, I am all too human and I'm a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Anybody identify? Right? Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, then this shows that I agree that the law is good. So my... Not, I am not the one doing wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, it's, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. I know this sounds Dr. Seuss, but it's not. But listen to what he says in verse 21. I've discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what's wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that's at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that lives within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul says, I want to do good. I want to do good things. I want to grow in my spiritual life. I want to be more like Jesus. But then this sinful nature inside of me kind of wells up. Right? And I know many of us are there because we say, you know, I feel like I'm doing really good. And then we yell at the kids. Or I feel like I'm doing really well. And then this bonehead cuts me off. And I'm doing really well. And then... Walmart has one cashier for 40 people, right? I mean, we, we feel like we, we're doing good, and then the sinful nature just kind of rises up within us. So how do we build these things? How do we build these godly habits, and how do we stick with them? Well, we need to get back to basics. We have to get back to basics. And I think the reason, one of the reasons that we fail at, at these new resolutions or these commitments that we make to, to grow in Jesus and to have these great habits is, we forget to go back to the foundations. We don't build a, a foundation. Many of you have heard of Vince Lombardi. He was a coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he's the one that the Super Bowl trophy is named after. And so uh, during the 60s, he was like, he led the Packers to all kinds of Super Bowls, three straight and five total championships in seven years. Um, and in 1961, at the start of training camp, Vince Lombardi walks into the locker room in the Green Bay Packers. Now, he's not talking to high school kids. He's talking to professional football players. You know, today they get paid millions of dollars. Back then it was hundreds of thousands, I'm sure. So these guys are like the top of the game. And you know what he does when he walks into the training room that first day of spring training? He says, gentlemen, this is a what? Football. <laughs> he holds up a football. He's like, we're going all the way back to the basics, and this is a football. Right? He started at the basics, and what he did worked. And so today we're going to talk about some of the basics of how to build godly habits. I love uh, Craig Rochelle says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. So we understand that little habits build up over time. Little good decisions work. 
Stephen Ke- or Sean Covey says, our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. So how do we do? Well, first, we understand that we focus on the what, but we don't always understand the how. We try to do these resolutions. We focus on the what. I want to eat healthy. I want to spend time with God every day. I want to hear God's voice better. That's my goal this year. I want to listen better, right? I want to obey better. That's my goal that I've set for myself this year. You know, and so we have these goals, and we focus on the what, but we don't look at the how. And so we get frustrated because we don't get there. So most of us want to be spiritually, physically, and emotionally healthy, right? You never hear anybody says, you know what, I want my blood pressure to go up like 30 points this year. That's my goal. <laughs> you don't hear people say, you know, I want to make my relationship with my spouse worse. That, that's, you know, that's what I'm shooting for this year. You never hear a, a coach come into the locker room and be like, guys, we're going for fifth place. Like, we want to be mid-pack. Now, for some of us, that would be a plus, right? But most people don't want to destroy their lives. Most people don't want to push their friends away. Most people don't want to alienate themselves with God, but we do because we don't focus on godly habits. We just look at the what. The what do we want? But to reach our goals, we have to work on healthy habits. And I love this line, James Clear, in this book that I mentioned, Atomic Habits. He says, your goals don't determine success your systems or your habits determine success. So in other words, if I want to listen to Jesus better, if I want to read my Bible every day, if I want to get closer to the Lord, if I want to have a better relationship with my spouse, if I want to whatever, how do I get there? I do the little things right repeatedly. I do the small things better over and over again. I have to have godly systems, godly habits he says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems or your habits. And if you look in Scripture, we see this. What's one thing that Jesus did every day? We see over and over in the Scriptures. Repeat, it says, he got up and he went alone to what? To pray. If Jesus had to get up and pray consistently, don't you think we need to get up consistently and pray? And I know some of you aren't morning people. Maybe it's at night. You spend time alone with God before you go to bed. Maybe you go on your lunch break. I know when I worked retail, I would get really frustrated. So on my lunch break, a lot of times I had to get alone and read my Bible or I was going to kill somebody. I mean, that's just how it was. I had to do that. I had to get away. I had to get away from my coworkers sometimes. I would go sit in my car and just, you know, silence, right? Some of you have to do that with your kids. Okay, you guys go lay down. I don't want a nap. Go lay down anyway. <laughs> Mom needs silence. <laughs> Dad needs silence, right? So we have to do these habits. We have to get alone. The New Testament church got together repeatedly, habitually, to spend time together, to pray together. It said that they ate together. That's a great thing to do. So, guys, we need to take advantage of these things. We need to build godly habits and then use the opportunities you're given. Use the chances to get together with other Christians. Those habits build, right? If you make it to women's Bible study once or twice a month, that's going to help, right? If you get to a men's breakfast once a month, that's going to help. If you go to small groups, that's going to help. If you come to Sunday mornings repeatedly or you watch online, that's going to help. These things help us. So to reach our goals, we have to work on starting a healthy habit. And that's where we're going to focus on this this year. All right? And healthy habits create a system of growth. I love, 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 love the story of Daniel in the Old Testament in the book called Daniel. Right? And it talks about this young Hebrew man. Yeah, Daniel's like, woohoo! <laughs> Um, so we've got this young man, and he was taken from his homeland. The Babylonians raided 
Israel. They took the, the young, smart, healthy people, and they made them Babylonian. That was their goal. And remember, Daniel was in a strange land, surrounded by people who were trying to make him fit their culture. And it would have been really easy for Daniel to just say, you know, I'm just going to flow with this, right? But you know what Daniel did? It said he went alone three times a day and prayed. He would open his windows so he could see Jerusalem, he could see that direction, and he prayed three times a day. He had a system. And you know what? It worked. Daniel heard God's voice in the midst of all this chaos and all the different things and all the enchanters and the magicians, and they were trying to teach him the Babylonian magic arts and all these things. Daniel got alone three times a day and prayed. He created a system of growth. And so, guys, what we need to do, we have to pre-decide that we want to grow. You have to make small, consistent, right choices. So, guys, I'm going to challenge you this year. If you don't have a time alone every day with God, that would be a great place to start, right? That would be a great thing to do. Just take time. And, and today, it's so easy. That version app that we talk about, it's free. You can put on your, your phone. It just says Bible. You put it on there. They've got reading plans. You can, they can take as little as two minutes a day. It's an easy thing to do. And, just, and it'll even give you a reminder. You can set a reminder on there so it pops up on your screen. Hey, do this. So just a small thing. And I know so many times we think, well, i gotta, I got to take an hour a day to pray. No. Start with two minutes. Start with five minutes. Just take time each day, read some verses, and pray. And there's great studies. You can do all different topics. The Bible Engagement Project that we've made available to all of us, uh, if you need to get a hold of that, do it. This is what we do for Sunday school. But it's got daily devotions in there you can do. It's got family devotions in there you can do every day, five days a week. It's got them set. Easy ways to talk to your kids about Jesus. Easy ways to talk to your spouse about Jesus, to go through these things. We made it super easy. Right now, media. We make that subscription available to all of you for free. They've got Bible studies on there. If you're one of these people, you just need to get along for a few minutes. It works on your phone. It works on your smart TV. You can watch a Bible study. I mean, there are some that are like two minutes long. Do that. Read some verses. So, but get a consistent time to do that. You have to pre-decide. If you're trying to, to get healthier by exercise, you know what you can do to pre-decide? Get your clothes out before you go to bed for the next day. Then you feel guilty kicking the bag, you know, to get your clothes out. So you go to the gym. I know people who put their running shoes right next to their bed. So when they get up, they go run. That's not my idea of fun, but some people enjoy it, right? If you want to eat healthier, get rid of the Twinkies. Just take them out of the house. You have to pre-decide. There's lots of ways, but we have to decide, you know, I want to be healthy. I want to do this. I want to be spiritually healthy. I want to spend time with my spouse every day. I want to spend time talking to my spouse. I want to do whatever it takes. But we have to pre-decide to do these things. So then, a lot of the reasons we fail is we tend to give up if we don't see immediate results. You ever done that? All right, I've eaten healthy for three days and I've gained two pounds. How does that work? (laughs) Or I've been spending time with God every day for a week and I still snapped at my spouse. Guys, these things take time. That's why they call them habits. It takes time to do these things. And sometimes we don't see immediate results, we give up. And we forget that small, healthy decisions add up over time. You know, if we, if we spend time with God every day and we don't see immediate results, guess what we're doing? We're building the process. We're building habits. We're doing that. And eventually, you see results. One of the coolest things that ever happened to me, when I first became a Christian, I went and I bought a Bible in a translation I could understand because all I'd had were those little... Gideon Bibles that were King James, you know, and I, I didn't understand King James. I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't understand all those words. 
And so I went and bought a, an NIV Bible that I could understand, and I started reading it every day on my own. I was a teenager. And the funniest thing happened, one day, I, you know, I didn't feel like I was growing. I didn't really feel like I was doing anything special. And I ran into a problem, and you know what popped up in my brain? A verse that I had read. It's like, this is so cool. This is starting to work, right? And then I got irritated at somebody, and I didn't, I have this problem. I have, I'm really good at sarcasm, you know, and, and so sarcasm just kind of pops out of me. You ever, anybody else have that problem? It just kind of, I think it comes out my ear hole sometimes. I keep my mouth shut, and it still comes out. But I didn't snap at a person. I thought, man, this is starting to work, right? This is amazing. It's the small habits, the small things. So we have to understand that those things add up. They don't just disappear. Those small, healthy decisions add up. They compound. They build over time. But we also, guys, we forget that small, bad decisions also add up over time. And this is where so many of us get in trouble, we make one small bad choice and we think, oh, well, that, that, didn't, that didn't destroy my marriage. Well, I didn't end up in prison, so, or, or that didn't, you know. And so we think we get away with it, but you have to understand these small bad decisions also add up, right? If you talk to an addict, they never say, you know, I just got up and decided I was going to become an alcoholic. Or I got up and decided I was, I was going to get addicted to this prescription drug. It happens how? Over time. So we have to understand that good decisions add up, but bad decisions also add up. And so this is where we have to pre-decide, I want to get healthy. I want to get spiritually healthy. I want to get relationally healthy. I want to get physically healthy. I wanna... So we have to add up, and we have to put these small decisions, and we have to focus on the who. So we forget that our lives are a sum total of small decisions over time. Our lives are the sum total of these small decisions add up over time. If you've taken the, the Financial Peace University class, Dave Ramsey talks about this. He said you need to live like no one else right now so that later you can live like no one else. You have to make these small, healthy decisions, right? And we don't get there in an instant. You know, I, I, um, I used to be a prison guard. We pastored a small church in Colorado, and so we could eat. I worked as a prison guard. And they told us when I was in training, they said, guys, you have to be careful because these inmates are going to try to hook you. We're like, well, what does that mean? Well, they try to get you to break a small rule because the rule in prison as a prison guard, a correctional officer, is fair, firm, consistent. You do the same thing every day with every inmate, right? So you can't let any inmate sit on tables. This little silly rule they had, but you couldn't let them sit on tables. You couldn't do these. And the inmates would try to get you to break a rule. Well, Adams, just let me do this. You know, you, they couldn't have more than four guys in their cell because then, you know, that starts riots. So we would say, no, you can't do it. And they would say, well, we're just trying to play a game. Let me have five in here. Nope, four. I mean, it was just consistent. But what they would do is they'd find a, a guard or a correctional officer who was willing to break the rules a little bit. You know what they were doing? They were probing, trying to find a weak spot. So then they would find someone, a guy or girl, who they would have a weakness. And then they would say, hey, I really, really, really want some cigarettes. And they were illegal in prison. I kid you not, this really happens. They would say, my uncle or my aunt or my wife will meet you at the gas station here right outside the gates, and they'll give you a pack of cigarettes to bring in, and if you'll do it, we'll give you $5,000. Literally, they would pay you $5,000 to do that for a pack of cigarettes or a little rock of heroin or whatever. You know what they were doing? They are getting their hook in you. As soon as you did that, as soon as you snuck something illegal in, they had you. 
And then they say, well, now, if you don't do what I tell you, we're going to turn you in. And you're going to be in here with us. <laughs> and then you're going to die. Right? They had their hooks in you. It was just small decisions, but it all started with what? That small decision to break the rules for them. And then that led to bigger and bigger and bigger. And then eventually, we would see guys, literally, guys, I kid you not, we had one in my unit, got arrested because they were bringing in drugs for an inmate. And you know how it started? That little bitty thing. And so, guys, it doesn't always happen big like that. But in our lives, our lives are the sum total of small decisions added up over time. If you want to become debt-free, it's small decisions not to use credit cards over time, right? To get yourself in debt. Or it's not taking out loans. Or if you want a healthy marriage, it's small decisions to put your spouse in front of yourself over time. It adds up to a healthy marriage. Spiritually healthy, it's those small decisions, spending time with God every day, right? So, where does the spiritual part come in? Right here. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. In Scripture, there is this principle called sowing and reaping. You get what you sow, right? And so Paul says this in Galatians chapter 6, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always what? Harvest what you plant. Say that with me, would you? You always harvest what you plant. Mind-blowing, right? No, we see this in nature. If I want to get okra in my garden, what do I have to plant? Okra. If I want lettuce, I have to plant lettuce. I know you, Nebraska people don't understand okra. Okra is fantastic. It's, thank you. It's so good when you fry it right. It's crispy and hot. Mm. Anyway, now I'm hungry. All right? But if you want carrots, you have to plant carrots. You harvest what you sow. You don't go out and throw out tomato seeds and get jalapenos. It just doesn't work that way. In nature, it's the same way spiritually. He says you always harvest what you plant. Those who only live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. But those who, so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. Did you catch that? At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Guys, if you get anything else today, please understand. Those of you watching online, listen. We reap what we sow. We harvest what we plant in the right time. So Paul says, don't give up. Those of you who are trying to have a healthy marriage, don't give up. Those of you who are trying to be spiritually healthy, if you're trying to hear the Spirit better, if you're trying to live more godly, become more like Jesus, don't give up. Because over time, those small good decisions add up. So what if you make a bad decision? We just start over. You just ask forgiveness and go on. It doesn't, you know, if you're trying to eat healthy and you eat an Oreo or two or three or ten, it doesn't end, right? You just start back. You just do it again. And this is where so many of us get it because we say, all right, I'm going to spend time with God every day. That's my goal for the year. I'm going to spend five minutes with him every day so I can start to hear his voice better, so I can start to know the word better, so I can become more like Jesus. And we miss a day. So then what do we do the next day? And we miss two and then three, and then it becomes months. Just start back. If you miss a day, get right back into it, right? If you snap at your spouse, apologize and get right back into it. If you miss the gym for a day, get right back into it. So Paul says, don't give up. So here's the thing, guys. A lot of times we fail. We miss our New Year's resolutions because we tend to connect failure to our identity. Guys, a failure is just a what? It's just a failure. It does not make us failures. 
if you goof up, it doesn't mean you're a failure. My son plays football, and he wanted to be quarterback, so he became quarterback. You know what quarterback is? Hard, (laughs) right? It's hard. Because if you throw an interception, you know what you have to do? You have to go out the next play and throw again. Well, when you get the ball back, you have to throw again. You have to forget that and throw again, right? They say the quarterbacks have to have a short memory. The same way, when I played baseball as a kid, I played outfield. I love the outfield because I love running down fly balls. But you know what happens if you miss one? Then it gets in your head. So in the next fly ball, you're like, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to drop it. You had to forget because it doesn't make you a failure if you make a mistake. Guys, as parents, if your kid makes a huge mistake, it doesn't make you a failure. You have to start over. You have to keep going. So, guys, we have to understand that the many incredible people in Scripture struggle with identity issues, just like us. Many people in Scripture struggle with identity issues. Moses, what did Moses say when God said, I want you to go deliver my people Israel? You know what Moses said? I'm not a good speaker. You got the wrong guy. He argued with a burning bush. He was on fire speaking to him. God was speaking to him through a bush. He was like, yeah, I, I, I can't do that. It actually says in Scripture at one point, God got so mad he almost killed him because he kept arguing with him. And finally he's like, go get your brother. He'll help you. He had an identity issue. Gideon. If you remember in the Old Testament, God told Gideon, go deliver your people. What did Gideon say? I'm from like the weakest family, and I'm the weakest one in my family. My sister beats me up. He didn't really say that, but that's why I imagine he would say that, right? He says, you got the wrong guy. I can't do this because I have what? Failed in the past. I can't do this. Paul, Paul, the apostle Paul that we just read, he says, I'm the least of all these. He said, I'm the worst sinner that there is out there. And God still used me, right? So many times we sabotage ourselves because we connect what we've done with who we are. We connect the things we've done in the past with who we are, and that's not who we are. Because the Bible says, Paul said in Corinthians, when you become a Christian, you become what? Brand new, a new creation. So if we have a relationship with Christ, all that junk's gone, and we get to start new. But guys, we have to keep working at it. We have to keep going. And so here's the biggest thing in this whole message, guys. We have to decide who we want to become and trust the results will come from that. We have to decide who we want to become. I want to become more like Jesus. I want to be a good mom. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a great husband. I want to be somebody that Jesus can use and and talk to me and I'll listen to him and I'll do what he says. We have to do that. And so, guys, when we focus on that, then results come. Instead of saying, you know, I want to do this, start working on the habits to become the person you want to be, and then all the other comes with it. We start building habits to get us to be the person we want to be, and then the results come. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 6. It says, we know that our own sinful selves were crucified with Christ. So this sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Because when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Paul says we are no longer slaves to sin. You know, Paul said that sinful nature keeps creeping up. It's not his master anymore. When that sinful nature creeps up inside of us and those old habits try to come back, that's not who we are anymore. And we have to remind ourselves of that. We have to remind ourselves, I'm not that person anymore. So I'm going to start building these habits to become better at what I want to be. We have to understand that positive habits help reinforce a positive identity. 
as I, guys, as I build these habits, as you build these habits, as we corporately build godly habits into our lives, it helps us understand who we are in Christ. Because I don't know about you, I did some things in my past I'm not proud of. Most of us have. <laughs> some of us did things last week we're not proud of, right? We snapped at our spouse, snapped at our kids. But that's not who we are anymore. Paul says we're brand new. And so as I build these habits, I can understand, yeah, that's not who I am anymore. So as we spend time with God every day, as we spend time listening to his voice every day, as we, you know, if you've watched the movie Fireproof, you know, you start saying this positive thing to your spouse every day, and you start, you know, all these things, it helps reinforce that positive identity in who we are. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they can come back up this morning. We're going to take some time to pray. I love this quote. It says, no single action will change your identity, but consistent actions over time start to change how you feel about yourself, and then they change your identity. No single action, no single failure can define who we are, but as we build these consistent, godly principles into our lives, we start to become who we want to become. So if you're physically able this morning, would you stand? We're going to pray this morning. And I just want to ask you just a couple questions. Two, actually. So, Father, I thank you this morning that your grace is so incredible in our lives. Lord, you forgive so many things, and you make us new. And then you help us every single day become the people we want to become, the people who are more like Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you would speak to every one of us here in this room today. And, Lord, if there are some here that are struggling, Say, you know, I've goofed up so many times. I don't think I can keep going on. Lord, give them that hope that they can keep up. Lord, if there's some of us here today and, and our old self is trying to hang on and, and Satan keeps whispering into our ears, you know, you're, you're still failure, you're still failure. We try to pin those things on ourselves. Lord, help us to shake that stuff off and know who we are in you. Lord, if there's some of us here today who are discouraged because we've tried to break that habit over and over again, Lord, help us to know that today can be the day that we're new. And we start that process becoming more like you.